Welcome to Modern Musings, conversations with the maiden, mother, and crone, looking at ourselves and our world through the lens of the 21st century. Welcome back to Modern Musings. I am your host for today, Cindy Murray. I'm here today with my co-hosts, Kristen Hessler and Amber Garvin. Hey, how's it going? And uh, we're talking about chapters five and six of A New Earth. And we are doing a bonus episode. And these two chapters are titled The Pain Body and uh, I believe it's Breaking Free. And I'm going to kick off the discussion um, with kind of just a, I guess, a description of what the pain body is. Um, in In the previous chapters... Uh, Tully was talking about the ego and uh, how it's kind of a a separate part of our personality, so to speak, uh, where, you know, if we identify with it, it, it really keeps us from being aware of who we really are. Our ego is not who we are. Who we are is the essence the intelligence that's that recognizes the ego in us and so then there is the pain body and the pain body is something that comes about usually because of trauma and um different kinds of injury to the ego you know throughout the a person's life and that pain body kind of builds and it's actually, I'm trying to think of the best way to, to describe it without reading the whole book back to you. <laughs> um, but it, but it's, um, it's the part of you that creates an emotional response. The voice in your head. Well, it is the voice in your head, yeah. but it, that's kind of the ego but it's more than the ego. It's actually the part of you that is injured. The part of you it's that... It's like a cancerous type it, of well, yeah, cell it's, it's in the, a way yeah, that just keeps growing and growing. It's the negative and... parts of you, so to speak. And so it's the part of you that... It's um, all in your mind. That is Well, it is all in your mind. But it's the part of you that is um, traumatized. And it it that injury just kind of stays there. And... So then um, he gives a lot of examples of people that have traumas. So the pain body is the part of you that carries negative emotion. And that's any kind of emotion that um, is toxic to the body or it interferes with the balance and the harmonious function of the body. Fear, anxiety, anger, bearing a grudge, sadness hatred, intense dislike, jealousy, envy, and all of those things disrupt um, the the processes of the body. And so those things are part of the, what he calls the pain body. And it's like, it's almost like a, another essence that lives inside of the ego um, that lives inside of you and when you have emotional triggers, it causes that part of you to become active. And it can be the remains of pain that's left behind from uh, negative emotion that you haven't fully faced, childhood trauma, um, and things that happen dur- even during your a- adult life. So there's a little thing that says although the body is very intelligent cannot tell the difference between an actual situation and a thought it reacts to every thought as if it were reality it doesn't know it is just a thought to the body a worrisome fearful thought means i am in danger yeah it he's talking about how it's uh, a lot of people are not even aware of the pain they carry inside of them and a lot of times um, they just react to situations out of habit or whatever and and that is actually because of this pain body because they can't tell the difference between the event and their reaction to that event um and it 
that is, um, it's a part of you that actually feeds on that negativity. And it's, and it's, um, one of the things is that it, it, it's addicted to the unhappiness. It, that's how that part of you grows. And so it just feeds on itself and it continues to be unhappy. And, you know, a lot of people don't even realize that that's a part of you that's actually seeking that emotional negativity. It's seeking that unhappiness. And so that's, um, we're kind of talking about that, um, about those negative emotions and how they're built and how they, um, affect us in a way. And then, and then the next chapter, he's really talking about how you can break free of those negative emotions and become a, an awakened and an enlightened person who is free of those negative emotions or free of the control that those emotions have on you. And I'm, I'm going to give a couple of examples so that, um, and I was looking for that in the book and I can't find it exactly right now. And maybe one of you can find it, but he's talking about how, um, you know, if you grow up in poverty, it's very traumatizing to be to grow up in poverty. And as an adult, there are things that will trigger you that will trigger those memories of poverty and will trigger those emotional responses that you have to poverty because the pain body in you can't tell the difference between being poor part of you and your emotional response to being poor, which are actually two separate things. Um, there are many people out there in the world and this sounds crazy to say it, but there are people out in the world who are poor and are happy. And that sounds crazy, but it's true. There are people who don't know any other life and they have learned to be happy. Poor. Um, Buddhist monks are a primary um, uh, nuns. Yeah, they have no wealth. They have, they no give up yeah. their belongings to go into that lifestyle and yet they are at peace and they are happy. And it it's not the fact that they are poor that causes people to be unhappy. It is their emotional response to being poor that causes you to be unhappy. And then, so your emotional response to being poor creates this pain body in you. So then as an adult, you have reactions to being poor. Anything that reminds you triggers that thought, that feeling, your, your body reacts to it. So, and that's what he's talking about, how it doesn't know the difference between the event and the emotion. So you have a week where you're running a little tight on money and, oh my gosh, I can't pay one of my bills. This would throw somebody with a financial pain body into a tailspin mm -hmm. because they are triggered about being poor. Oh my God, I'm poor. I'm poor. And they can't tell the difference between the act of being poor and the, the fear and the emotion that being poor brings up in them. And so once you, you have to learn to see the difference in those two things, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Um, do you have any other examples, Kristen, or? Um, well, um, positive emotions also can have that same effect, a negative effect. So one of the things he mentions in the, um, chapter five was, um, positive emotions generated by the ego already contain within themselves their opposite into which they can quickly turn. Oh yeah. So he talks about what the ego calls love is possessiveness and addictive clinging that can turn into hate within a second. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. But it's also mm. unhealthy behaviors that can come along with, you know, possessiveness and addictiveness. So it's, yes. if yes. the love is coming from the ego, that means that, the ego needs that love to feel validated. Right. And not then, and, unconditional love. And so then, love. so then that controlling that, 
that jealousy, mm-hmm. um, things like that turn, they spiral out of control. Right. And they feed that pain body. It brings pain to that person because they're, they're feeling all of those emotions um, and that's how you know how to function because you understand that and people function with mm-hmm. that. And so when they're working their everyday life and say for that love person that their spouse doesn't come home right away from work, then they get clingy like, why don't you come home? Oh, he doesn't love me because he didn't come home right away. And that causes that cycle. And that's kind of what he talks about is that it turns into like this cyclical behavior because you can't get out of it. Right. And, and a lot of people don't even realize, um, that they're suffering, you know, uh, you know, there's, there's people who've had trauma in their lives and things trigger them and they don't even realize they're being triggered. And, and I'm going to use myself as an example here. Um, I had a, a very rough upbringing, um, as a child, I, I grew up in poverty. Um, I had um, very, very young parents, and my mother had mental illness that um, I, you know, I didn't realize it as a child, but as an adult, I could see the signs of it. And um, there was there was a lot of things wrong with my upbringing, and. I, in, in essence, I was very traumatized by things that happened, uh, in my life. And because not, not just financial, but also, um, neglectful situations. And so as an adult, I am very easily triggered by financial things, um, lack of control of the money or anything that, um, any situation that suggests that there isn't enough money or anything like that. Um, I, I get triggered by that. And, and I also get triggered, um, by the neglectful things. Um, someone, uh, like when my husband and I argue, if he wants to leave and take a walk to cool off or whatever, I'm triggered by that because it brings up my feelings of abandonment um, and the emotional detachment of my mother and things like that. And so I'm triggered by those and the, the pain body in me wants to continue that fight. Don't abandon me. Don't leave me. Keep, I would rather you keep fighting with me than leave me. Please don't leave me. And, um, you know, that I, I don't say those words, but that, that's what my actions do in the, in the moment when I'm being triggered, it, you know, my brain just loses control of itself basically. And I just, I keep picking that fight until, because I would rather. You can't leave right now. We're arguing about something. Right. Because, because I don't want to be abandoned. Yeah. And, um, and, and Kristen and I have talked about this before too, abandonment issues, um, because of, uh, she being a child of divorce and, and it's not that uh, my husband was a great father to her. Mm-hmm. Um, he took over from, you know, my very young age. She was yeah. four when we, um, moved in together and, and got married and she, she clung to him. She wanted him to be a dad for her and he was happy and willing to do that. And he has been a dad to her in every way he possibly could. And you would think that that would be enough, but with a child of divorce, uh, just like with, um, orphans or, um, children who are given up for adoption, there's always that little part of them that is traumatized by that. Um, and whether they admit it or not, they feel that abandonment. Right. And I didn't really even feel it until I was an adult. Right. And I didn't even notice don't. it, you know, because my dad, both fathers are present in my life. Right. Um, but there was always all these like little questions and, I, you know, I wasn't asking them to my dad. I was asking them to myself. My ego was like picking on me. 
Right. You picking know. on yourself, thinking that yeah. there's something wrong with you or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, and a lot of, you know, a lot of times people go through that. And, um, so that's, that's what he's talking about is the pain body. That's the part of you that's, that's always festering and stirring up the trouble in you, I guess, um, for lack of a better word. And, and there's a lot of things our mainstream media is designed to do that because that's what it feeds on. The pain body in us wants that conflict. The pain body in us wants that to keep going because it validates us. It validates our feelings. Um, I feel sad. I feel alone. I feel abandoned. So I'm going to keep stirring this up so that there's a reason for me to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And, and it's always an overreaction. That's how you know that it's the pain body reacting to something because the pain body always is an overreaction to a situation. So um, if my husband is late coming home for work and I yell at him, how dare you be home late and not call me to let me know you're late? That is... The pain body. That's the pain yeah. body overreacting to his being late um, because the pain body is afraid well, in that in that gap of time from when he should have been home to when he did, the pain body is sitting there going, where is he? He left me. He, you know, and your brain, your, your rational brain does not think these things. It's not the rational the part of your, it's in the subconscious. It's built into you. And, and it just, you know, that's those gut feelings that you have or whatever. And you get a little sweaty yeah. or your palms get, and, and you worry, why isn't he here? Why isn't he here? I'm looking at from... the clock. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's physical. It manifests physically into your body. Too. Yes. And so th- that's what he's talking about in this. Yeah. And, um, the pain body cannot tell the difference between the event and your emotion to the event. So in the case of being mad at my husband for being late, my, my pain body, equates him being late with him abandoning me my my emotional reaction to being abandoned and so that's where the the problem lies and the pain body just like the ego feeds itself and it it feeds on unhappiness it wants to be unhappy and that's why people often watch uh really violent movies and Ever since I was a kid, uh, I've always been fascinated with horror movies. And my mom always said it was because she you, she read the book It mm-hmm. while she was pregnant with me. And uh, that's what got me interested in horror movies. And I think like uh, just as a society, we crave violence. Yeah. I know a lot of people that are obsessed with serial killers and that's like a pop culture thing right now with Netflix documentaries and Hulu documentaries and things that come on different uh, OJ Simpson TV show and everybody is just kind of obsessed with serial killers and the psychology of serial killers and that's definitely part of the pain body Oh yeah, reaction. and he talks about... Um, the, the tabloids, too, we feed on that that gossip, the horrible, you know, the more horrible the news is or um, whatever. We're, we're yes. just like sucked into it. We want to we want to hear the horrible stuff. And and it is it's food for that pain body. Life um, gossip we want general. that outrage. You know, we want we want those negative feelings. And um, and, you know, it. It seems to, as he points out, um, it, it seems to grow more easily in the male form than in the female. And he says this is because women are less mind identified. Um, hmm. w- women are less mind identified than men are. And, and he, really? he really thinks this comes be, um, because um, the, the women's... Uh, women have been oppressed for so many years, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And so, um, you know, during, um, the, the inquisition, 
probably between three and five million women were tortured and killed um, to suppress heresy, you know, and um, they were trying to the suppress the sacred feminine. You know, they they if a woman went out and um, was gathering herbs or whatever, they would call her a witch and burn her at the mm-hmm. stake. And so uh, he talks about that actually has become uh, a collective pain body. And, and in fact, there are racial pain bodies. Um, there are culture, all kinds of cultural pain bodies that we also Gender carry pain bodies that we yes. carry with us. Um and, and women in particular carry these gender-based pain bodies because we have been oppressed for so long. So when something happens that feels like that oppression, then women react to it, you know, because we have been oppressed and enslaved. Like when and we think our boss and- didn't give us the promotion and he gave it to a guy because we're a woman. Yes, yes. And, and that brings up that that pain body and it's going to be really hard to um let go of those pain bodies but there but there are ways and what he's talking about is um well one, one of the things he talks about is that as long as you blame if you continue to blame other people for your reactions then you are feeding that pain body so, yeah, so, yeah, it's any so if you, um, I got to get out of here. I can't handle all this drama. Yes. Um, or, or, you know, if you, if you blame your husband being late for your reaction to him being late, mm-hmm. then you are feeding the pain body. So Step when my husband is, is late, the blame. I am the one to blame for my reaction. To that. I have to learn that it's my reaction to the event. Here we go again. My reaction to his act of being late is what is stirring up the pain body. And it's not him being late that's causing it. Or him being inconsiderate. Right. Yeah. Um, the, the fact is that it's my emotional reaction to it. Now, that doesn't mean I have to stop my emotional action. You just have to realize your emotional reaction. Is, yes, I have to realize that my emotional reaction is caused by my pain body, not by his action. Yes, I'm trying to find out where it came from. You have a pain body, and then whenever you have a reaction, you have to stop and think about. Yes. Why am I reacting this way? Right. right. And the only way, you know, you that's the only way we're ever going to get rid of this. Um, instead of laying the blame or trying to figure out, you know, it, you just have to realize that it is the pain body, a reaction to the incident, not the incident itself. And, and he talks about a lot of different things um, as well. He talks about being in the moment. So um, don't suppress those emotions. Feel the emotions. So um, because a lot of times when you suppress those emotions, yeah. that actually causes them to grow. So and that if, goes back to like the woman thing is that women have had to suppress their emotions in the past yes suppress their true selves to fit under some sort of male idea of what women should be right that um you know when it comes out it comes out right and that might be also with men a lot of times they were expected to not show those emotions those feelings right they suppressed it and therefore they grew and grew and grew and and it, it's kind of like that gender pain building up of... that pressure cooker you know it's there and then something is going to trigger it yeah in, um, in a bad way in a bad way because it's always negative it's going to be negative even if it's a positive emotion the swing of it will or the negative. intensification of it will be a negative one way or the other 
Um, and but he's talking about it as as long as you can put your finger on it and say, "Oh my gosh, that's my pain body reacting." The minute you start to realize, I'm not mad at my husband for being late. I'm mad because I have this fear that when he's late, it means he's abandoned me. It's basically becoming self-aware. Self-awareness, yes. And and, asking and once yourself you do that, why? It, and you can still feel those feelings. You can still allow yourself to feel the fear of being abandoned. Recognize that feeling. Know that that's what you're feeling. Yeah. I'm afraid of being abandoned. And it's okay to address it to your yeah, husband. You say, thanks, Ego, also for bringing that to my attention. To my attention. Yeah. But uh, he's talking about, so like, it, you know, when my husband and I are hey, in the... this is what that happens thing, to me. This you That thing you just did or that thing you just said triggers my pain body. It's okay to say that. It's okay to say, because you were late, it triggered my pain body and... I got that panic about abandonment again because that helps them understand why you feel that way. But you're also acknowledging that it's you that feels that way, not the action that they did. And, and so that's important to take that blame off of that person because the blame is not on that person for doing what they did. The blame is on your pain body for reacting the way it did. And, and he's, he's just saying, instead of wanting, um, there, when you're in that moment and you feel what you feel, there's nothing you can do about the fact that at this moment, this is what you feel. You feel a fear of abandonment right now. I feel this fear of abandonment, but instead of wanting that moment to be different from the way it is which actually adds more pain to the pain. Just, just completely accept that this is how you feel. Oh my gosh. I feel the fear of abandonment whenever my husband's late. I feel that. And I'm allowing myself to feel that and allow yourself to be unhappy. Allow yourself to have that fear. Fear's not, you know, yeah, he says you can't talk, um, you know, you can't fall into the error of thinking there's something wrong with you when you have those feelings because then you're making yourself into a problem and the ego likes that. Yeah, because the ego feeds and off of that. And yeah. then it goes, okay, let's do this again. He's talking about, you know, just just let yourself, if you can't, you know, if you can't ac- accept that unhappiness of being... Um, you know, their husband's late and you, you know, just live in that moment. I'm unhappy that my husband is late because it makes me feel fear of abandonment. But, um, you know, if you can accept the fact that you're unhappy, it's okay to be unhappy. It is okay to be unhappy. And if it's okay to be unhappy for that moment, then what happens to that unhappiness? It goes away. Exactly. You just, uh, Feel your emotion, deal with it, and let it go. Let it, let it Don't feel it, and let, let it, it go. fester under your skin. Um, don't let it lay out like a raisin in the sun. (laughs) (laughs) This goes back to our poetry podcast. If you didn't watch our poetry podcast, we talked about dreams deferred and Langston Hughes' poem Harlem. So you should go back and listen to that podcast because. Especially if you love poetry. Oh yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, but yeah, um, but you're, that, I love the symbology of that yes. because you know, um, your unhappiness can in unhappiness, can fester yeah. in the you know or or whatever. And um, he you know he just talks about he talks about a lot of things in these two chapters, but they're they kind of flow from one to the other. Um, he talks about people who have super heavy pain bodies heavy pain body yeah heavy pain yeah. bodies and um and a lot of times those people just seem to live in a constant, constant conflict constant pain they're always in conflict with other people um this person said that and made them unhappy this person did that and it made them unhappy and and what it is is it's 
Um, they haven't been able to deal with their trauma. They haven't dealt the with their trauma. Yeah, they and the the neg- and they it. they radiate negativity. Basically, they draw the negativity onto themselves. And I think we've talked about that in one of the mental health yes. um, podcasts that we did early last season mm-hmm. um, in the fall. Um, that bring negativity they bring on the negativity onto themselves because they are because they, they are, are so the negative, negative themselves yeah. yeah and um and that's what brings the hostility and the negativity to them and they don't even realize they're they're drawing it to them with their own negativity um yeah. and sometimes just being aware of that, that also like do what low self-confidence oh yeah that also mm-hmm. you can well wear the it low like self-confidence is a result of, of something traumatic that's it happened. is yeah it is pain that was that one thing the... i did like that he did acknowledge that there's many different types of trauma when we think of trauma we're thinking like svu trauma like, no, you know, yeah, but, it, but, trauma but there's can be lots all kinds of different of things. things. Every child goes through something traumatic. Every yeah. child does. Well, that's so where I was going back to. I was that trying too. to find it earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and uh, it was actually in the Breaking Free chapter. Yeah, I didn't realize it. I found I just found it. trauma in children. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so every child has some kind of trauma. You know, they fall off their bike. It's it's a, To us, it's a minor thing. But, but it causes fear it just does like cause wrecking fear. a car anything can right. cause fear well you know something happened to me like um uh, in 2007 that was a really long time ago i uh fell and ripped completely ripped the cartilage in my knee my left knee and i had to have knee surgery and before that i was just completely free to sit on the floor climb on anything without fear I didn't really, um, I wasn't really cautious about how I moved. And ever since I had knee surgery, now I am cautious. And that's part of your pain body. Yeah, pain body trauma. Because every time I climb up on something now, I'm like, oh my God, am I going to fall and hurt my knee? And see, some people, it festers and they become afraid of heights. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and they and don't know happened, where that came from. Right. It's that happened to me with the car. I, right. That's I a perfect example. I had yeah. um, a very minor car accident. We were going like five miles an hour, but the light was green and we were going, but the car in front of me stopped because there wasn't any more room. And I boop, ran into the back end of him, like almost totaled my car. There was like five other cars that piled up behind me. So I had this huge guilt mm-hmm. behind it mm-hmm. um guilt because i didn't really have the money to fix my car i felt bad because everybody else's cars got messed up i was late to work and then i was still driving i drove my dented up car like i got it fixed and um, got a new hood on my car and it was painted a different color but i didn't care i just needed a car and i drove to work <laughs> and then um for a while there, maybe a few months later or a year later, I started riding the bus to work and I was no longer driving. And so I kind of um, let go of the reins of control. And when I got in the passenger side in someone else's car, I had panic attacks and I couldn't figure out why I was having panic attacks all of a sudden in people's cars. Like I just couldn't ride. And I still suffer with that a little bit. I'm struggling to not let it affect me. You know, I try to just ride in the back seat if I can. And I try to close my eyes or occupy myself while I'm in the car. And, you know, usually the driver's like, we're cool. We're good. I'm not going to wreck into anything. And I have to remind myself that. But... Every time there's a car in front of us, I'm like, <gasps> you know, and I scare drivers because <laughs> oh, they scared think... <laughs> me so many times. But I mean, I've like I like slam on my gone brakes into because... like full fledged panic attacks yes. just because a car pulled in front of us and you know tapped slowed their down, or tapped whatever. on their yes. brakes. Me yeah. Wonder, like, remember that bad wreck I had when we were off in college? College, and my yeah. Car got smashed in on the side. That kind of makes me wonder because I do get that fear myself when I'm crossing an intersection and it's like and the light starts to turn yellow and I'm like oh my god because that's what happened like the light turned yellow when I was crossing the intersection and the car was coming 
from the other direction and they didn't stop or pause or anything and they just smashed into me and mm-hmm. I was covered in glass five seconds later. Yeah. So, yeah. You, yeah. That, that just unlocked that. Yeah, and who there. knows, like, you know, I was in many other minor car accidents you know growing up you know some people just yeah. happen to be in the when, passenger seat when she, of other when Kristen was a baby we actually um were on the way to a doctor's appointment she was um less than a year old i think and she was in her car seat in the back and we got t-boned by another car and it totaled my car she she does not even remember that wreck but i absolutely remember that wreck and subconsciously she might there there might be some part when of her subconscious it happened when i was like 10 in my grandmother's car yes the same this thing. guy yes. ran a red light and t-boned us on the passenger side where i was on the sitting. passenger side yeah. yes and and so that you know that's probably up, part of the trigger. and that's trauma it, it's you know, trauma that, and it builds on top of the trauma builds on top you know the on the it just validates it again yes it and, validates yeah. the pain body yes that oh my gosh every time i'm gonna get in the car i'm gonna get run over or well and and like my fears of abandonment or you know it didn't start out as abandonment it it started out as fears of neglect um you know feelings of neglect uh not being loved by my parents because my mother was in a lot of ways very emotionally detached um and it it, it it's not even a fear it's just the story you know it's just a story that my body my brain my body tells itself you know and but then as I grew older I you know I I married my first husband and um one of the one of the things that would happen we were very very young when we got married and um I, I will say he has a lot of of pain body issues as well um, due to his upbringing and, and childhood and different things. And we reacted to each other in very bad ways um, when those things happened. And his response was to leave, um, to go home to his mother and leave me with a an infant child on my own. So there, the, there my sense of neglect turned into sense of of abandonment and it's a it starts out it started out as a I'm I must not be worthy of love because my parents my mother doesn't love me very much or whatever and then then my husband didn't love me enough to stay and so that just builds and that that pain body just built and built and built it actually wound up being the cause for our divorce I just could not tolerate being abandoned over and over and over again and you know I had to draw a line in the sand and say you leave this time you can't come back and I think he was a little bit shocked when I didn't let him come back um but you know I I had to do that for me and for my daughter and I have no ill feelings towards him or anything um because I we were too young to be married in the first place and and it was it was caused by the trauma our our distance from each other our problems were caused by the the trauma and the hurt and the different things that each of us felt and they we didn't support each other and help us grow through those traumas we actually aggravated those traumas in each other and um so i i you know i that's my theory on it and so you know moving on you know this this trauma in me is this pain body is building and building and building and and it's come to the point where you know i it's not just my husband who abandons me it's if my daughter is late it annoys the hell out of me Mm -hmm. if she's late showing up for it's i'm so inconsiderate yeah yeah and and other friend you know if a friend cancels an appointment with me she was going to come by but she just decided not to that annoys the hell out of me and he talks about that in the book that that actual specific um scenario and and that really resonated with me because i do that i get Mm -hmm. really annoyed with people who um 
who cancel appointments and don't show up or if we have a standing date to do something and all of a sudden they've got something better to do on that day that that annoys me because that's our day and and it it all stems from that hurt and pain that I felt um starting as a child not feeling what I it's like your felt. mind has like, oh, I'm going to file this with that category. And they all go that together. That feeling yes. feels similar. So that's going with childhood abandonment and that's going with, you poverty know, anger and, yeah. and poverty and yeah, yeah. jealousy. Um, so I have a similar one to your situation. This was actually while I was reading um, these two chapters. So I was actually like living it. And it was interesting because I saw it happening and I felt like I was in the back seat of my mind like Mm. I was like hey stop Kristen don't say that that's not nice and um don't be angry come on just don't let it happen so my husband and I have um you know those fleeting moments where we're actually uh, able to do stuff at the same time together he's off on Mondays and Thursdays so not my days off so Mm -hmm. when we need to do something together um you know we'll pick you know a time where we're both at home it just so happened I was like Sunday night I was like dude I really need help with the laundry can you help me fold the laundry after we do our budget meeting at 10 o'clock it was on the calendar it's like a standing thing mm-hmm. we connect on Mondays um, you know to handle certain things so we we're supposed to connect on our budget for the month and then the next after you know the next hour after that or whatever we were going to fold all the laundry that had already been washed so 10 o'clock came my husband was not there he was asleep and I was like well okay I got up already you know gears are starting to turn and I'm like well I'm here so I guess you don't get to be a part of this budget I'll just make the budget on my own and then I went on and it was 11 o'clock and it was time to fold laundry and I was like well I guess I'm folding all the laundry all by myself he's still snoozing in his recliner and And getting madder and yeah yeah and I was just like I'm not gonna be mad he's sleeping I'm just gonna fold the laundry but I was getting madder and madder and I didn't want to wake him up because part of me was like well he's tired obviously but the other part of me was like well if he had just gone to bed you know, at a decent hour last night, he wouldn't be asleep in his recliner still mm-hmm. at 11 o'clock at night. And I had to be at work at 12. Right. So I'm like sweating it over here trying to fold as much laundry because I get done folding laundry and then I got to run in there and work. If I don't put all this laundry away, where's he going to sleep? Because there's going to be all, all this over the bed. all yeah. over the bed because that's where I had place to fold you know three weeks worth of laundry yeah (laughs) so i'm sitting there mad i'm just i'm mad or whatever it's time for me to go to work i literally get up and go clock in at work as soon as i sit down in my desk chair that man i could hear the legs go down on his recliner and it was like did you really just wait for me to finish folding laundry or to you know to go to work so that you could get up and there's like a half a basket left of laundry. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sir, no, you cannot sweep in here and save the day by folding a half a basket of laundry when I've been folding laundry for like, you know, an hour or whatever. And I got so mad at him. And I was just like Hulk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm the sweetest, like bubbliest person. And then I can turn into the Hulk like super quick. And that's really what I felt like I was like so mad at him that he had the audacity to wait until it was time for me to go to work to come help me and he didn't make it to his appointment and I was like you know if we were on a date you would have showed up for the date on time right because we had actually scheduled Mm -hmm. I put it on the calendar because I didn't want him to forget Mm -hmm. that we were going to do those two things Mm mm-hmm like when we were sitting at the table on Sunday and I was like, it's on your calendar. He was like, I'm sorry, I overslept. And I'm like, you didn't set an alarm. And I just kept picking like, well, how come you didn't, you know, trying to like just remind him of all these ways. Like my pain body was just like, I'm going to nitpick this until it's, you know, because it's justifying your feelings. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, that's the thing is, 
the the pain body makes you think you have to justify the feelings. Right. You what don't I have realized, to justify the feelings. I realized when I was telling him those feelings, like it was starting to come aware that it wasn't just me hulking out because I was mad because he didn't even bother to help me. What it was, was I wasn't mad that he didn't bother to help me. I'm putting those emotions there. I'm putting that action on him. I'm making that in my mind that mm-hmm. he didn't bother. I just created that up in my own head. Mm-hmm. What really happens is he was asleep. If I really wanted him to come help me, I could have woke him up. And you had yeah. mentioned that to me mm-hmm. when I was telling you like, oh my God, I can't believe I just hulked out on him. And I was like, don't say that, Kristen. That's not nice. You know, like, but I, I couldn't stop myself. Like stop I was yourself. out of yeah. my body, you know, like. Because, um, because it's not you doing it. It's your pain body. Well, yeah, yeah it, is. it is me, but it's not me. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's your inner ego. Yeah. Bruised and ego, anger. I realized really what it was, was in those lines of like abandonment. I felt abandoned. And that's mm-hmm. where I was getting that you didn't even bother to show up to yeah. this thing. I realized when yeah. I was like, well, if this was a date, you would have shown up if I was some hot mama. And that... That reminds me that, you know, that, that quote that you just said there, if this was a date, you would have showed up. And, and that's one of the things that I throw back at my husband frequently. Well, if this was one of your friends, if this was a Boy Scout thing, you wouldn't have forgot that. undervaluing that self-esteem saying, I'm unworthy of you showing up on time. I'm believing that you're not here on time because there's something wrong with me. And, and it's not, that is my reaction to my history has taught me to believe that I'm not good enough. And that's why these things happen to me. That is absolutely the furthest thing from the truth. Right. That is not why those things happen to me. My husband was tired and he just needed some sleep. Right. But my pain body believes that's why it is. And it wants to keep that pot stirred. And and prove that I'm not worthy yeah. because that keeps me unhappy. That keeps that pain body alive and functioning and, and churning. And really, if I stop in that moment and realize this is my pain body, this stems from my feelings of abandonment, my feelings that I'm unloved and unworthy because of these things that happened in my life. And I'm just gonna feel abandoned for a moment. I I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna feel what it feels like to be abandoned, but I'm just gonna let that go. I'm gonna yeah. feel it. In allow that feeling to go through me at and this it'll moment, go away. and it will go away. And and realize that's not really me. That's right. not really what's going on. This is an overreaction. Yeah, and that had, it lessens it. Had I just stayed. At work, see, this is where working at home sucks because I had the ability to just jump up and go in the other room and yell at my husband for like five minutes. Uh And yes, I was seven minutes late to work Ah. and I blamed it on him. And then I was like, that was not his fault. That was 120,000% yours, Kristen, because you chose to get up to get and, up and, and yes. say something to him. And I realized afterwards, I was like, here's how I could have totally flipped this around and made it such a better situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Eckhart Tolle is going to tell us how to do this better in the next chapters. But this is from my like awareness of this situation. I went, okay. Number one, I should have chose to stay at my desk and let him fold that last half bucket of laundry and feel whatever he was feeling, whether he was feeling something or not. It's none of my business. Yeah. He would have put the laundry away or I said, hey, can you just put what's on the bed away before you cook dinner or something? And then at dinner time, when I snuck in there to go eat dinner, I could have said, hey, thank you so much for coming in and helping me finish that last load of laundry because I wasn't able to do it all before I had to go to work. And I appreciate you showing up for that. I was working really hard to try to get it all done before I had to go to work. And that what you did by sleeping through that kind of triggered a yeah. feeling in me and I felt really abandoned so I appreciate that you finished what you did because mm-hmm. I probably would have been more abandoned feeling you know or right. something yeah and just that is my way of being able to tell him that I did feel abandoned without 
trying to make him feel bad. He, I tried to make him feel bad. He's not responsible for your feelings for of feelings. abandonment. Yeah. He is not responsible and for that. And then he probably would have been like, awesome. She thanked me for helping her out, even though I only helped out a little bit. Maybe next time I'll, you know, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, well, show up for more. I don't know. That's none of my business. I, I but will say that. It would have made all of our emotions a mm-hmm. lot better. Yeah. I had, uh, we, I actually had a, a brief little spat, if you want to call it that, with Mark the other day over, um, and, and it, it comes back to this thing, you know, feeling devalued. Um, we had uh, a disagreement about property taxes, and it, it's a long, weird thing about the property taxes, but we had had a discussion about it before. And I, it was, uh, something that I felt like we didn't owe, but he went ahead and paid it anyway, even though we talked about it and I had given him, uh, ample reasons and information about fighting it. And he just went ahead and paid it anyway, because to him it wasn't worth the trouble or whatever. And Mm -hmm. it really frustrated me. Um, the... It triggered in me feelings of being devalued because he didn't take, take your my advice. advice. Mm-hmm. And and it, it kind of started a little spiraling of it. stuff. And he actually um, threw something in my face that kind of triggered me a little more, but it actually kind of stopped me in my tracks too. Because he said, what about your one little word this year? What's your word now? What does arguing about what happened then have to do with now yeah we can't do anything about it now it's, over. it's already been done yes and it, i was just like oh don't, don't throw that at me because You're right and i don't yeah. want that i don't yeah. want to admit that but um but it did you know it kind of stopped it but it it really did put me back in the now um and and you know i could still feel my anger at feeling devalued and i'm sure he didn't do that on purpose on purpose to devalue me and he probably did listen to what i had to say but he was just like i don't want to mess with this so Mm -hmm. he just didn't mess with it and but you know it triggers feelings of being devalued in me and you know in reading the this is my second read through this book and each time i pick up more little things and I think if I had been in my head a little more or maybe in my present moment a little bit more um, I probably could have said what you're doing triggers this feeling in me and and being able to um, communicate that feeling a little bit better without saying you devalue me because it's not that he devalues me. I have to separate the Your event. Your ego is telling you my, you are undervalued. Yes. My ego is saying my emotional reaction is what I'm, is what it is. It's not the event. It's not that he devalued me. It's that I feel devalued. And, and those are really two different things. And, and that's what Tully's talking about in, in these chapters is that, Making that realization, having that realization in the moment, not after the fact, but in the moment, Mm -hmm. that is when you start to really awaken and you start to diminish that pain body. Because when you acknowledge that it's the pain body reacting at the time, then a little bit of that pain body kind of gets etched away or dissolves. And the more you do that, the, the more that pain body will kind of go away but if you aren't able to do that if you continue to um feel that or ignore that or or live in that then that those feelings add to your pain body and cause it to grow Mm -hmm. and that's that's what you don't want because that's why it's been growing all this time you don't want to turn into the hulk and stay the hulk right (laughs) and and there are people who do that and that's what we're talking about, the heavy pain bodies. They carry uh, it with them. They carry it with them. And, and it, it just, it 
they reek of it. It it just like comes out of their pores. They are so miserable. And, you know, there things are going to happen to us that make us unhappy. But he's saying, you know, stop and just let yourself feel unhappy. Why is it wrong to feel unhappy? Let yourself feel those feelings and then they go away. And because what happens to the unhappiness when you actually feel it? It it does go away. It subsides. You work, you feel through that emotion and then it goes away. But if you stuff that emotion, if you bottle it up, it just builds and it builds and it builds until you're so unhappy that you can't contain it anymore. And, and then things will trigger it and there you are. So, um, his, as he said, the first step is to just recognize that it is and feel what you feel. I can say that I've been kind of hulky since, you know, the lockdown because I think, you know, just it's made me more grouchy and I'm also, um, I suffer with some OCD, uh, issues. So living with a messy husband and a messy child that don't have Mm -hmm. like the tendencies that I have to put things in particular places Mm -hmm. because I grew up in a home with people with OCD. So we learned to OCD together. But when you live with someone who is completely not OCD, it's very challenging because I feel like they just don't understand why can't you just put this in the same place every time or, and, Mm -hmm. and so I'm constantly Mm -hmm. going around and moving things. Um, Mm -hmm. and it upsets me. One thing I couldn't do like living with my ex-husband, it was so hard. Like the, the OCD just like, cause he didn't have OCD and yeah, stuff was everywhere. And, and, and and it's almost like, I want to say like careless people versus OCD people, but it's not careless. It's carefree. (laughs) And yeah. And throw their stuff on the ground. They don't, but it's not even that. (laughs) Oh, you mine, know, mine is more like um, things have to be alphabetized. Oh, yeah. Dirty dishes. So have I have some things like that, too. Yeah, but mine are just like dirty clothes have to be. OK, in you need to use this sponge when you wash these dishes and these towels are for wiping the counters. And like you can still use that sponge technically to wipe the counter. If I wasn't there looking, I probably wouldn't know. But when I see it, I'm like, ah, you're not doing it right. Mm-hmm. I have that hard problem. Um, but anyways, so what I was saying is like being at home all the time, it makes it difficult because I've been trying to learn to not hulk out at those things. And after I had that little incident where I got upset about the laundry, I was a little bit more aware and I haven't had any hulky feelings, no hulky situations. that's That's good. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I, you know, mine just happened just the other day, but, (laughs) um, before I even finished the chapter, because, and I read this book before, but I keep picking up more things, as I said. So, um, I keep learning more and learning more and discussing it with you guys, um, kind of has helped me help things sink in a little more too, I think. Mm -hmm. But, um, so like Kristen was talking about the Hulk or hulking out. And, and the Hulk is actually a great example of a pain body. So if you're a fan of Marvel's The Hulk, um, or if you're not, just in case, um, <laughs> he uh, was experiment experimenting with gamma radiation. I don't remember the specifics because it's been a long time. But um, he got an overdose of gamma radiation, and it caused... Um, something to activate in his body so that when he, he was an angry person, I think some he bad had a things, heavy pain body. He had yeah, a really don't heavy know pain what body. They, what they are. So his yeah. right. pain body came his, so manifested. His, yes. So the, the gamma radiation, um, caused his pain body to manifest into a, like a split personality, so to speak. And so anytime he started to get angry, um, the Hulk would come out because his anger was mm-hmm. that pain body building, you know, coming to the surface. Can and I, and yeah. that is a perfect, perfect example yeah. of that. 
Can I interject another example from literature? Sure. Oh, wait. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Oh, yeah. Hyde. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, and, and the thing with both of those is that, like, the Hulk, like, he knew he was the Hulk and he knew who his friends were, but he really didn't have a lot of control. Like, right. Bruce didn't have control over the Hulk. Yeah. No, he didn't. He, he learned no- later on how to be, you know, the Hulk and I think they called him Smart Hulk. Intelligent Hulk, yeah, yeah. (laughs) but um, but yeah, but yeah, he did. He he had no control over that, and he didn't really realize what he did, right? When he was that, and I feel like, oh wow, I started to realize, like, okay, when I'm hulking out, like I'm observing instead of like blacking out, you know. Mm -hmm. But but that's the thing is that once you realize what you are doing, what the pain that once you realize that it is the pain body that is reacting to the, the emotions that it feels because of the situation, once you have that realization, then it no longer controls your actions. And that was the thing. Uh, Eventually, um, he was able to control when he became the Hulk and, and, and he could still think as himself as the Hulk in a mm-hmm. way. So he, you know, once you're able to see that that's you and, and you are hulking out, as you say, then it no longer controls your actions. You can stop it. And that is how you become aware of it. That's how you break yeah. free of it. And because I think the misconception is that you're just automatically going to be able to stop it. It's more like no. slow it down. It is. You slow it down and you slow Practice. it down. And, you, and there's probably, I, my guess is that it doesn't ever go away. It's, it's something kind of akin to um, flying a spaceship into a black hole. Um, if you know anything about physics, the theory is, is that the closer you get to the black hole, the slower time is. So you never actually... Always. It, it just continually slows down, slows down. So you never actually reach the black hole. And, and I feel like the pain body is that way. Your, your diminishing of it never really reaches the totality. It, it just keeps getting smaller, but the more smaller it gets, the less change there is in it each time it gets smaller. Probably accurate because your body or your mind needs, what is that? Your subconscious, uh, no, not subconscious. What is the thing? Your ego? No, that tells you not to do stuff. Your conscience. Your conscience, yes. Yes. So your conscience is there as a safe, fail safe. Yes. So that you don't make bad decisions that yes. will injure you. Yes. That's why you have fear that fight or flight. Right. So that it you absolutely don't, is. You know, I mean, it if is you a stick your hand mechanism. in the fire and it burns and it hurts, then you are going to have that fear of fire possibly. And then you have a pain body. And you have a trauma. And then when you see the- fires, you panic. But once you work through that, you don't want that to completely go away because then you'll just walk right into the fire again. Right. You have to have that fail safe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes act, you know, that makes a complete sense. Yes. It, you have to have some type of little tiny right. that sand, awareness, brain of sand pain body. The awareness yeah. that you could be abandoned. The awareness that this is what it feels like when you are abandoned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't uh, just forget it. Right. But it yeah. but it does diminish to the point that it it no longer controls your actions anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's the point. We want to we want to have that awareness. And we want to have that control where, or the, you know, that it does not have control over us. So, um, that's, that's it for this discussion. Um, we'll come back to revisit, um, chapters seven and eight, uh, in a future podcast. We'll let you know. Um, it'll also be a bonus podcast more than likely. We're also going to do another podcast on, the pain body and then like the auras that the pain body. Oh has yes. Yes. Um, in the future. Yes. Yes. Amber's really interested in, um, Tully's comments about the pain body and the How energy fields wear, that yeah, are the energy fields around you. So yes, we're, we're going to do a discussion on energy fields versus auras in an upcoming supplemental podcast. Yes. As well. And then, um, 
And then stay tuned for our regular podcast every Wednesday. If you like what you've heard, um, please give us some uh, likes or ratings on on the podcast. Go over and read the blog. Um, we we'll, also we'll want to ha- do a shout out to Red Door Studios. Don't forget that. And uh, Creative Audio our, Tech. Yeah, Creative and, Audio um, Tech. And thank you for all the listeners that have stuck with us. And thanks for um, sharing what you share with us of your readings of Tolly. We we love hearing what you have to say about this book. Um, if you have more commentary or, or want to continue this discussion, please head on over to our Facebook chat group. MMC chat. MMC chat. You can, the links are on our website and modern musings.net um, modern musings.net or on our Facebook page. So, um, it, you can link directly to us from our regular Facebook page too. So, um, go on over there and join us and we'll be back Wednesday with a- another podcast. And we hope you'll listen in. Bye. Bye. Bye.